This morning, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter number 26, Psalms chapter number 26, and we'll read the entire chapter this morning, and then we're going to look at a few things that I believe will help us, and I am going to, this morning, as we look into Psalm 26, I'm going to make an observation from the life of David, about David, using this psalm, as one of the secrets to David's greatness. Uh, I have found myself, not on purpose, seemingly uh, doing a lot of study, or it just seems like what I, some things that I'm looking through brings me back to David. Sometimes I, on purpose, say I'm going to study this subject out and study this subject out, but uh, for some reason, the Lord has just keeps bringing me back to the life of David, and there's a great truth here that I believe is needed in the life of a Christian. There's a great truth here that I believe is needed in our churches. There's a great truth here that will also apply to what is needed in our country today and in our world. So I don't want us to miss it this morning. It will be a great help to us, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of a hint this morning. That is, the responsibility throughout the message is going to fall on each and every one of us to take a look, not outward, but inward, and inward into our own hearts inward into our own lives, uh, inward into uh, our own actions. And let's look at Psalms chapter number 26, beginning with verse 1, and we'll read down through uh, verse number 12. And it is good to see everyone this morning. Uh, Good to see many of you back uh, from, uh, I'll I'll, I'll call it your extended leave, uh, throughout this uh, pandemic, and it's good to see visitors today as well. Uh, Verse number 1, Judge me, O Lord. For I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have sat not with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord." that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief and the right hands is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. David, who's the author, the human author of this psalm, lived quite an interesting life. We have the privilege of seeing David's life from this beginning to the end as the scripture, as God has chosen to allow his life to be seen in the scripture. David was not a perfect man. I believe David was a great man. God called David a man after God's own heart. Think about that. Of all the great people in scripture, of all the great characters, and some, we would say, have less flaws than David had, God said, he's a man after mine own heart. David, uh, his battles uh, are immortalized, if you will, on the pages of Scripture. They are taught to children in Sunday school classes. Mountaintop experiences are high. But David's got some low lows as well. David in his testimony, his life, has got some places in his life where he fell. 
flat on his face. There's some places where God dealt very harshly with David. God never changed his opinion about David being a man after his own heart. And I believe as I was just reading recently through the Psalms, uh, the Lord showed me through this passage of Scripture what I believe is one of the keys to why David was a man after God's own heart. One of the keys, as, as he pins this psalm, he is fleeing from the enemies, including Saul, who are going to take his life. But you're going to find something in this passage of Scripture that I believe speaks to the heart of God. I believe got God's attention. I believe that it moved the heart of God to protect David. But you'll also find it in Psalm 51, that great psalm after David had committed that great sin with Bathsheba. You'll find the wording to be different, but the theme to be the same. You'll also find, if you study in the book, in the life of, of David, specifically in the book of 2 Samuel, as David makes a mistake in numbering the people, and once again, God has to deal with David and his mistake, you'll find this to be very true, even in the harshness of God's punishment in the life of David. You'll find what is evident, we'll find this morning, what is present in his life is absent in so many others. What is present in his life is absent even today in the life of too many Christians. And that is the desire for God to hold him accountable. The desire for God to hold him to the standard that God has set. You'll find it in this passage of Scripture. David has a desire to be accountable to God. In Psalm 51, in that great psalm, and by the way, tells you how to get right with God in that psalm, you'll find David's spirit, being, wanting his heart, his life, wanting to be held accountable to God. And I'm afraid that we are suffering, not just in our nation today, but in our churches today, because of a lack of a desire of accountability. Not accountability to one another, not accountability to another man, but accountability to God. And this morning, I want to preach on this subject, the necessity of personal accountability with God. You'll find you'll have less desire to, to, to have man's approval if you seek for God's accountability. You'll find you won't worry about what somebody else's opinion is of you if you get to a place where, God, I want you to hold me accountable. I want you to, to in my life, I want you to, to, to give me an accountability. So this morning, after I pray, I'm going to preach on this subject. And guys, I don't know what's going on with the mic. I'm going to switch over to the pulpit. The necessity of personal accountability with God. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that uh, the Word of God would be real to us. I pray that the Word of God uh, would speak to us. I pray that the Spirit of God would work in our heart this morning. Uh, I pray that we would not consider uh, what is going on in the life of the person sitting next to us. I pray that we will not consider 
what another man's opinion is of us. But I pray that we'll have the spirit of David and the desire for you to hold us accountable. Accountable for our actions, accountable for our life, accountable for our decisions. And Father, I pray that if there's one unsaved, may they realize the day will come that they will be held accountable for their sins. And punishment will be dealt. Eternity will be spent paying for their sins. May they look to Christ today for their salvation. And Father, I pray for the child of God who's away from you this morning and maybe sitting in the building, maybe watching by way of live stream or in some other way this morning. May, may they realize that uh, it's a great day when they get to a place where they say, God, hold me accountable. God, hold me to the standard that you've set. And Father, may today, may in each and every person here, may in our hearts, may we look to you as our standard. May we look to the word of God as our instruction. Bless our time remaining. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This, in my opinion, is a great strength of David. David was not a perfect man. Matter of fact, David committed some great sin. God never changed what he had pronounced about David. He was a man after his heart. What a statement for God to make about the life of another. But one thing I see, besides the courage of David, besides the conviction of David, there's a humble spirit that David had that looked to God and had a desire for God to hold him accountable. I preached on it last week of, 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 uh, of the life of David in his, in, his, in his lowest time was actually, he revealed it was the greatest part of his life, in my opinion, because when, when, when others and life and circumstances had come and, and turned his life upside down, he rose in his character, he rose in his integrity, and as that, that man Shimei I would throw rocks at him, he left it in God's hands and said, well, maybe God believes I need to be humbled. Maybe God knows that I need this. How many times have you and I prayed that prayer? We want to talk about the injustice that is done in our life, and we want to blame everybody else. And I left church because the pastor preached on something one day, or, or, or my mom and dad were too oppressive in their rules, or, or, or society has just changed. You know what we need in the life of a Christian? Let's not even talk about society today. Let's bring it right home to where you and I live at the Emmanuel Baptist Church on this Sunday morning. Every person in here, we need to be held accountable to God for our actions, for our thoughts, for our decisions, and you know what would turn this nation upside down and turn this world upside down if God's people had the heart of David and said, God, hold me accountable. But today we live in a day where nobody wants any accountability. Nobody wants to be held to any standard. We find in the life of David, he always remained accountable to God. When he sinned, he remained accountable to God. When he's running for his life, he didn't look, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't blame circumstances. He didn't look at the things he didn't understand. He said, God, I want you to deal with me. There's some important truths here that I want us to see very quickly, and 
I trust that you'll let the Word of God help you this morning as you need help. We find in this necessity of a personal accountability with God, we find, number one, we find the request made. Look at me at Psalms 26 again, verses 1 and 2. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. If King David, if David had been like the typical Christian, typical Baptist of the day, he'd have said, Judge Saul, O Lord. He would have said, Examine others, O Lord. Prove my enemies, O Lord. That's not what David said. David said, Judge me, O Lord. Do you know what would bring reform? And revival to our nation today is if Christians who stretched from one corner of this great nation all the way across to the other side of this great nation and all those in between would get on their face before God today and say, Judge me, O Lord. Judge me. There's enough in this morning, I'm not preaching about society or to society. I'm talking to Christians this morning. I'm talking to those who have been saved. It's about time we get to a place where we say, God, judge me. Don't worry about your neighbor this morning. Don't worry about the person on the other side of the auditorium this morning. Don't worry about brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so and what's going on in their life. Hey, David was the one who was a victim here. David was the one who has been done wrong. All David had done was be anointed by Samuel. And ever since that day, there have been some try and kill him. But David did not point his finger at anybody else. The wrong and injustice that anybody else had done. David said, judge me. You know what needs to happen amongst Christians? We quit judging the preacher and we judge ourselves. We quit judging our neighbor and we judge ourselves. We quit, you're not worried about man judging you. Don't judge me if God's judging you. David wasn't worried about the opinion of any man because he had come to his place. If God's judging me and if God is pleased with me, it doesn't really matter what the opinion of another man is. It's amazing we live in the day we live in when Christians are more concerned what what people think about them on social media than they are the Almighty God who created them, the Almighty God who gives them life, the Almighty God who saved them and redeemed them from, from, from their sin. It's time that Christians quit looking at this world and saying, well, I'm better than this and I'm better than that and say, God, judge me. Don't only say, God, judge me. And by the way, when you pray that, be prepared for him to answer that prayer. Judge me. Then he says in verse number two, examine me. Examine me. We don't like to be, have our life under scrutiny, do we? 
That's why when a Christian is knowingly out of fellowship with God, they don't like to be under the preaching of the Word of God. Because the Bible is a mirror. It doesn't point out what somebody, how somebody else was wrong. It tells us what we really are. You know what the Spirit of God does when we open the Word of God? His nature is to examine you. But you know why there are some Christians who enjoy Bible preaching churches? You know why there are some Christians who, preacher, can you preach any harder? Can you preach any longer? Because before they got to the house of God, they said, God, would you examine me? Would you look into my heart? Would you look into my life? Would you look into my actions? Would you examine me? Oh, this is a prayer that Christians need to be praying. Not examine our brother, not expose this in somebody else's life, but God, between you and me, would you examine me? Would you look into the recesses of my heart, the innermost part of me, and see what you find? See what is hidden there. See the things that are in my mind. Would you examine me? But most Christians, or should I say many Christians, they think if they close their Bible, they put their fingers in their ears, that God knows nothing about them. God doesn't see their heart, their thoughts, their actions. Friend, this morning, it would do you and I well if we would get to a place where we said, God, hold me accountable. I don't need a pastor to hold me accountable. Matter of fact, it's not my job to hold you accountable. It's my responsibility to preach the Word of God. Every one of us ought to get on our knees and say, God, examine me. God, judge me. God, look into my heart. God, look into my thoughts. Look into my actions. Examine me, O oh Lord. Let me warn you this morning. If you pray that prayer, he's going to answer it. Why, David, with all that he endured, and all the great, the great sins that God preserved on Scripture for all men to know about, he remained a man after God's own heart because he never lost the desire. Kaoes came to the place he said, God, I'll accept accountability. Not only does he say, examine me, he says, prove me. Test me. Try my reins in my heart. God, test to, what, to, to the words I'm saying. I want you to test my life. I want you to Prove it so that I can prove to you that I mean what I say. Try me like that gold is tried and that heat is applied to that precious metal so that the impurities are, are removed from it. That, that, that silver, as the book of Proverbs speaks of, and 
the heat is applied and that dross rises to the top. All the impurities are taken away. He said, God, well, I don't want to talk about my enemies this morning. I don't want to talk about the unfortunate things that are in my life. Judge me. Examine me. Prove me. We want God to be pleased with us, but we want God just to take our word for it. Oh, we want God, we want, we want to make statements and speeches like, I love God, and I'll do, do anything for my God, and I'll stand for my God. Are you willing to let him prove you? For a generation that I know, there's been a lot of speeches made and a lot of rhetoric from behind pulpits about how we'll stand for truth and stand for right, but are we going to pray this morning, prove me? And quite frankly, it's a danger for a church like this. There's another generation that's growing up, a generation behind that. You've been taught right, but you haven't been proven. So, Pastor, why did you point that out? Because I'd like to have some of you this morning. When it comes to the time of invitation, get on your knees and say, God, would you prove me? Would you remove the impurities out of my life? If it takes the fire to do it, if it takes the pressure to do it, those things that would displease you in my heart, those things that would displease you in my mind, I say the right things to my pastor. I say the right things to my parents. I know what they want to hear. But friend, are you willing to stand before your God and say, God, I can't hide it from you anyway. God, you know my thoughts anyway. God, you know my heart's desires anyway. But I want you to know that I want to be held accountable to you. And you wouldn't need to worry about what parents think. You wouldn't need to worry about what your pastor thinks. You wouldn't need to worry about what your youth director or somebody else thinks. If you would get to a place in your life as a Christian when you'd say, God, judge me. Examine me. Prove me. Whatever it takes, I want you to test me so that you know where my heart is, so that you know my dedication to you. We find the request made in the necessity of personal accountability. Can you imagine? I wish you'd take my word for it this morning. Some of you, it'd take a lot of stress out of your life. If you just hear what I've already said to you. You wouldn't be concerned about what this world would think. You wouldn't be concerned about what anybody else thinks. If you'd let God hold you accountable. If you'd have the heart and the spirit, God, judge me. Examine me. Prove me. We see the request made. Number two this morning, when we look at the necessity of personal accountability with God, we see the required walk. Verse one, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. Verse number three, for thy loving kindness 
is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. Verse number one, we know we've seen it. David says, judge me. David was not afraid to say, judge me, because immediately after that, he says, for I've walked in mine integrity. It's about time Christians get back to the place in their life where they're concerned about their integrity. Not about the lack of integrity in this world. We live in a day where as even Christians, we think it's this, 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 this person I go to church with said this about me, so I can say this back about them. What about your integrity? Well, this person did me wrong. What about your integrity? Well, the world is just, it, it is falling apart. What about your integrity? Integrity still matters. Integrity is still important. Character is still something that will be found in the heart of every child of God. Hey, friend, let's, let's let the Spirit of God speak to us this morning. And let's let Him, every one of us, put us under conviction this morning. And wherever it is, the Spirit of God needs to, 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 to poke you and press you and, and put you under conviction this morning. That is my prayer this morning, that each and every one of us will get under the microscope of, of the Spirit of God. And maybe He shine lights on our integrity or in some cases, our lack of it. He could say that because his walk matched his words. He says in verse number three, I have walked in thy truth. David never lacked boldness, did he? It's a bold thing to say, God judge me. He didn't say it with haughtiness or arrogancy. God examined me. He didn't say that with anything but a humble spirit. Because see, David wanted to be right with God. David wasn't trying to move on to his next adventure. David wanted to be right with God. Examine me. Prove me. For thy loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. It's sad in some cases in the life of a Christian it wouldn't take a close examination by God to reveal our lack of walk in His truth. It would be a quick deliberation by the judge. When it comes to integrity in our life, when it comes to walking in the truth of the Word of God, it wouldn't take very long for some Christians to fail the test God applies because they're more concerned with walking to the false truths of this world and the lies of the enemy and the adversary. Friend, this morning we're speaking of personal accountability. Us before our God. Us in the presence of the Holy One. The God, we have no right to enter into His presence. We have no right to even speak His name. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, we can pray that prayer, make that request. Would you judge me, examine me? But friend, there's a required walk. If you were going to have personal accountability with God. Because if you want to be judged, He'll judge you. 
If you want to be examined, he'll examine you. If you want to be tested, he'll test you. As a matter of fact, this prayer really is just a formality revealing the heart of David because God's going to do those things in the life of every Christian anyway. There's a required walk. There's a walk of integrity. Could you imagine what was being said about David? A traitor. David's trying to overthrow the king. I imagine there were other things said about him during this time. David's full of himself. Who does David think he is? But David wasn't worried about the integrity of other men. David was worried about his integrity. David wasn't worried about walking the way Saul walked. He was walking in God's truth. And friend, we need, we need to hear this in our churches today. And I want to remind all of us as the Emmanuel Baptist Church this morning. It makes no difference what this world says or does. Our focus ought to be, am I walking as God would have me walk? Am I, am I, am I living the way that God would have me live? I want to be accountable to God. I want His blessings in my life. But there is a required walk. Number three, we see the reality concerning others. David shifts his focus in beginning in verse number four. I have not sat with vain persons. Neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. We skip down to verse number nine and ten. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. David in this psalm, as he makes the request to God, as he puts focus and he reminds us of the required walk. If we're going to be in good fellowship with God, he also points out a reality concerning other people. He, we, we see in verse number 5, it says, I've hated the congregation of evildoers. There were those that were doing evil. He will not sit with the wicked. There were those that were wicked. And friend, from that day to this, there have been those that have been evildoers. There have been those that are wicked. David said, I want no part of that. In verse number 9, Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. Those that would take advantage of others, those that would do wrong to others, those, those bloody men who had no consideration of anybody else. The reality is this morning that not everybody has a desire to be accountable to God. Not everybody even acknowledges that there is a God. But you and I, as David said, I don't want to sit with them. I, I don't want you to lump me in with them. That's not who I am. I want to be held accountable. And God's people make the mistake of thinking they can hide amongst the wicked. They can hide amongst the evildoers. They can hide amongst those that are bloody men. And you cannot, as a child of God, you, there's a reality. There always has been wicked. There always has been evildoers. You and I, we, 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 before Christ, we were just as a lost man. And you and I need to be reminded of that. But we cannot let the actions of others dictate our relationship with God. 
and I get, I get weary of this. Well, it's harder today to serve God. It's always been hard to serve God. There's always been a price to pay to serve God. You've always had to shun the mainstream to live a holy life, to live a clean life, to live a life that pleases God. Our society's never been, been, been a Christian society. It's never been a Christ-honoring society. Oh, we've got it so hard. Oh, oh, oh we've got it so much harder than, than, than those Christians that were thrown to the lions and those Christians that are beheaded for their, the cause of Christ, those that were used as human torches to light the streets at night, and you've got it hard because somebody's going to unfollow you on social media because you're a Christian? Oh, you're ready to get the martyr's crown in heaven because you've got a family member that wants to mock you. Because you want to serve God with your life. There's always the reality of these. I hope that I've had your attention thus far. I trust that you'll listen to what I've already said. I hope every person in the room from my far left over to my far right well, think about what has already been said about the request that David made. It's time as Christians we get to the place where we say, God, judge me. God, examine me. God, God, God prove me. And by the way, you know who doesn't like pointed preaching like this? Those who haven't said, God, judge me. Because I promise you, Long before I get up and preach a message like this, the Spirit of God has worked this preacher over. That's what he does. We need to consider the walk that is necessary to be accountable. There are others who want to have no business with the things of God. I want you to pay close attention to verse number 11 and 12. But as for me, I guess when you sleep in a cave in exile, you know what it's like to say, if nobody else, I guess if the king is trying to kill you, I guess you could say, but ask for me. Oh, these evildoers, these bloody men, they, they're, they're trying to even destroy me. They're not interested in what you have, God, but as for me. Let's pause there for just a moment before I give you the final point this morning. Are there Christians that would be willing to say, it doesn't matter what this world does, but as for me? It doesn't even matter what my brothers and sisters in Christ do. But as for me. And friend, that person that you're a, you think you got to have with you, they're not going to stand with you when God tests you, when God proves you, when you enter into the presence of God. But as for me, 
And I believe that any Christian, any, any Christian mom, any Christian dad, any, any, any preacher of the gospel, anybody that's going to do anything for God in the sphere that God places them in has got to come to a place in their life when they'll say, but as for me, this is what I believe. This is what I'm going to do. This is mine integrity. I won't, God, God, as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. See, David knew he was unworthy. God, when you judge me, be merciful unto me. When you examine me, be merciful unto me. When you prove me, be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregation will I bless the Lord. I'll give you number four, then I'll go back to verse 12. We find the result of personal accountability. Verse 11 and 12, we see the result of that personal accountability. He says in verse number 12, listen to what the Bible says. My foot standeth in an even place. While he's fleeing for his life, he says, my foot standeth in an even place. I'm steady. I'm stable. I'm on solid ground. I, 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 I am not tossing to and fro. Because, friend, if you'll humble yourself before God and say, God, judge me. God, examine me. God, prove me. When God, when God does all of those things and, and He redeems you and He's merciful unto you and He doesn't cast you aside, friend, there's no more secure place in the world than being right with God. There's peace that comes but not looking over your shoulder. There's peace that comes when you don't have to worry about what the pastor is going to preach on Sunday morning and Sunday night and what he's going to bring on Wednesday night. There's peace that comes when, when, when a parent's going to say, I don't want them to ask the, the question of where I've been or what I've been doing or, or bring up uh, what I decided years ago. There's peace of having God judge you examine you and prove you and knowing that he knows all about you and when it's all said and done you can say oh i'm on steady ground i'm on solid ground because god knows all there is to know about me and he hasn't cast me aside he hasn't thrown me away and i can stand here today and david says i am right with you i know that my adversity is not by any of my own doing because i have been accountable to you more than you holding on to your pride, you ought to have a desire to be right with your God. More than you having a standing in society or standing with a group of people who you work with, who you play with, who you live with, you ought to have something in your heart that says, I want to be right with my God. There is no peace. Hey, friend, don't apologize to this preacher about the way I live. Don't apologize to me and feel sorry for me because of the things that I do and the position I have. I'm on solid ground this morning. I'm on steady ground this morning. I'm exactly where I want to be. This whole world can cast me aside, but there is a holy God who when I say judge me, he'll judge me. When I say examine me, he'll examine me. When I say prove me and test me and remove all the impurities from me, then I know that he has not cast me aside and I can stand and say this world may not be right with me. I want to be held accountable to my God. Why do you want men to hold you accountable? 
Let me help you with that. Could it be because man's as wicked as you are? Another man's a pretty low standard to set our life by, don't you think? There's great men on the pages of Scripture, and there's much that we can learn from their life. But their standard is far below the standard of the holy God. Pastor, what's, what's going to change this world? I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I'm not as much concerned about changing this world as I am with my own personal accountability to God. I'll just use myself as an example this morning so nobody thinks I'm picking on them. Because if I hold myself accountable, I'll preach the messages that I preach from behind this pulpit. I'll preach with the power that ought to be preached from behind this pulpit. I'll be more concerned about me and being the right kind of father and the right kind of husband, the right kind of man, the right kind of Christian. Can you imagine what would happen if everyone who named the name of Christ just decided, I'm tired of playing games with Christianity. I'm tired of living just good enough so that I pass the test at church. I'm tired of living just a little bit better than this lost pagan world. And as I've been preaching, and I'll preach on it again tonight, Lord willing, why in the world do we want to hold a standard to a lost man? What you see going on in this world is because there are lost people without Christ. If we would just get sick and tired of, of, of worrying about what anybody else say, God, I want to be right with you. God, I want you to be pleased with me. God, I want to know that we are in fellowship. I want to be personal, personally accountable to God. How about you? How about you? Are you willing this morning to say, judge me? Examine me? You know, in some instances, I'm certain of this this morning. There are some of you, I can, always t I can already tell by the reaction throughout this message. You don't even have to pray, examine me, because the Holy Spirit of God has already brought to your attention. You don't have to say, test me, because he already is. Can I tell you something? I've been tested. Can I tell you something? I've been tried. It's not always pleasant taking a stand. It's not pleasant dealing with your own sins. It's not pleasant dealing with your own inadequacies. It's not pleasant standing in ways you have to stand. It's not pleasant and having to know that fellowship with people that you love and you care about, you're not leaving them, but they're going to leave you. That's not pleasant. But can I tell you something? This is steady ground I stand on. This is sturdy ground I stand on. To be in a place where you can look and you can say, God, I know what I am. Would you judge me? If there's an area where I'm not right with you, show me. 
And I know it's not because you have a desire to cast me aside. It's not because you want to condemn me. Because before Christ, I was condemned already. It's not because of that. It's because I want to be right with you. I want you to be pleased with me. I want you to be happy with me. Friend, don't be afraid of the solid ground. Don't be afraid of the steady ground. I'm as happy as a man can be this morning because I know that I have a God who will not cast me aside. I have a God who, who wants to be, have a good relationship, have a relationship with me. I want to be accountable to God. Less accountability to man. It's amazing. You hear that a lot. I'm not accountable to man. Well, apparently the way you're living, you don't think you're accountable to God either. It wasn't God that talked you out of that Bible position. It wasn't God that had you turn your back on your commitment. It wasn't God that had you leave your upbringing and your teaching. It wasn't God. Well, I think of the words of Paul. Who hath hindered you? This morning, may we do business with God. Father, I pray. That your people 